Hello, music teacher friends. Thank you for tuning into this episode number 87 of the Beyond Measure podcast. Christina Whitlock here, your APTF. <laughs> That's anytime piano teacher friend. Uh, This is the place for you if you find yourself needing to spend a little bit of time with a fellow studio teacher who knows the business. I've got your back, my friend. Always. Today's episode is kind of an offshoot of the previous two weeks because... Well, wow. It turns out y'all have some feelings about building and downsizing your studios. My inboxes have been hopping with conversations pertaining to how much you really resonated with these two topics. So I guess changes in our studio size just stirs up a lot of emotions, right? And as many things in life tend to do, the rub of these topics ultimately leads back to money. I have a whole episode dedicated to talking about money, by the way. That is episode number 37, and it's called Cheers to Money Talk. In that episode, I talked about how emotionally taxing it is for us to be in charge of setting our rates. I mean, it is, right? On one hand, it is an incredible benefit of what we do. We do not have to wait around on other people uh, to try to decide what our skill sets are worth. We call the shots, and that's pretty great. But on the other hand, that puts us in charge of weighing all the things. Things like profit and loss scenarios. It leaves us wondering about market standards and what people are willing to pay. I mean, it's just so much. And do you know what makes it worse? I'll tell you, this constant barrage of reminders all over the internet and everywhere else from people who tell us to charge what we are worth, (laughs) right? I'm sure you've heard it a million times. Charge what you are worth. Well, that can be motivating, I think, and like empowering advice. And truly, I mean no offense to anyone who has posted this online recently. (laughs) But if you take those words for anything more than, like, surface-level kind of cheerleader talk, (laughs) it's also pretty confusing. I mean, what are we worth? Even the most extravagant service charges I can imagine are still not worth the value of the humans behind them, are they? (laughs) And, I mean, what about this? If I know that the experts are telling me to charge what I am worth, am I now supposed to feel guilty for undervaluing myself if I'm not charging some wild amount of money? Like, now, not only am I earning less money than I should be, but now I also don't value myself highly enough? (laughs) That is a hefty double whammy, friends. So, look, we as a profession, 
do not need any more reasons to feel guilty. We feel guilty for missing time with our families while we're teaching. Then we feel guilty for missing lessons if we make a choice to spend time with our family instead. It's a never-ending guilt cycle. (laughs) Don't even get me started on the guilt we feel, like just investing in ourselves and our own development. It comes down to this. I do not need to feel additional guilt because I am not, quote, charging my worth, (laughs) whatever that even means. So am I ranting here? Perhaps. Sorry about that. (laughs) But here's the real deal. After conversing with so many of you this past two weeks over your many feelings when it comes to needing more students or fewer students or whatever demands are currently placed over your life, It is clear to me that we all need to do two things. (laughs) One, take a really deep breath. (laughs) And two, give some really careful consideration to the value of our time. Not the value of ourselves, because we are all priceless. But surely our time is in various states of demand. Hear me out. I often hear teachers ask one another questions like, what should I charge to play a wedding? Or how much should I charge to accompany this student for solo and ensemble contest? Or whatever. Do you want to know what the real answer to that question is? (laughs) It's how much is it worth to you in the season of life you are in? Again, I know constantly placing monetary value on our abilities is exhausting. It is. So I understand why people ask these questions. But in the end, like if I lived in a community where everyone told me the going rate to play a wedding was $50, knowing that information would not lead me to simply play the wedding for $50. (laughs) There's no way. Now, there might be someone out there who would agree to do it for $50. Maybe someone has the time, or maybe someone just loves being part of weddings. Good for them. (laughs) But right now, in my season of life, I would be working up a quote that took into consideration all of my prep time, the rehearsal, meetings with the couple, travel, and my quote would also factor in the many pressures associated with playing weddings. (laughs) Because if you know, you know. So many of us are gigging musicians on some level, and these decisions become part of our everyday life. Again, it's for sure a struggle. (laughs) But in the end, I ask myself one simple question. Am I going to approach this work with excitement? Or am I going to feel bitter about it, as though I'm doing whoever a huge favor? The answer to that question is pretty telling. What amount of money is going to allow me to approach this opportunity with excitement and not leave me feeling like I'm being taken advantage of or like I'm doing someone a huge favor if I don't really want to. I also ask myself whether I'm being compensated enough to bring my best to this opportunity. 
For instance, if I say yes to a collaborative opportunity, but I'm not actually making enough money to prioritize adequate practice time, that sets me up to look and feel like a mess (laughs) in rehearsal or even worse, the performance. And that is not a win for anyone. Ask me how I know. (laughs) The same concept applies to our studio teaching lives. As I mentioned last week, there is absolutely 100% a time and a place for bringing on scholarship students or agreeing to teach someone for a lower rate. I mean, that is your business. But remember my big question. Before you ever agree to enter into one of those situations, are you going to be able to approach that commitment with excitement? Or are you ultimately going to feel bitter or compromised or like you're being taken advantage of over it? Are you going to be able to bring your best to it or not? I do have a similar episode that deals with the idea of making exceptions, which I have to say, I think it's a pretty good one. That's number 53. I will link that and the Money Talk episode in the show notes for this episode. So it all boils down to this today. Time is the hottest currency in society today. Research is proving that up-and-coming generations are prioritizing time over money in many cases. So today, I am asking you, are you valuing your time correctly? What does your time actually cost you? I know that money is always a supercharged emotional issue, especially now, right? Inflation, the economy, unrest, uncertainty. I mean, if we raise our rates, some are going to say that we're greedy. If we don't, other people are going to say we're bad at business. I need you to forget all of that, like toss it all out the window. (laughs) Instead, consider today. What does your time cost you? It doesn't have to be about going rates for your area or what that business coach told you about how you should run your business. It's all about what your time costs you. For me, right now, my time costs me absence from a young family, like my most precious treasures here on this whole earth. (laughs) Your time probably costs you attention to your loved ones also. It might cost you attention from creative work that matters really deeply to you and serves your community in an important way. Maybe it costs you volunteer hours from something you feel really passionate about or some kind of ritual that you want to make part of your day, but you can't quite seem to make it happen. Be honest with yourself. What is your time really costing you? You can only set tuition rates that work for your life when you answer that question first. It doesn't matter what the teacher across town is charging. It really doesn't. It matters what you determine to be fair compensation for what your teaching time is actually costing you. 
You might hear this and think it's all about justifying higher rates. And that's not really it. <laughs> Let me give you an example. When I was doing my undergraduate work in Northeast Ohio, I had managed to work my way into some really cool networks of ladies groups and business organizations who would hire me regularly to play background music during their events. I had multiple groups of like wealthy women who would pay me very well to come play for an hour in beautiful historic homes while they had lunch. I played dinner banquets for groups like NPR, and I loved this kind of work. And I was delighted to make like several hundred dollars for an hour's work each time. After all, once I built up a binder of suitable music, all of it being pretty much sight readable, I really just had travel time plus that hour's performance. It was such a great source of supplemental income. But when I moved to Indiana to do my master's degree, I never found those same kinds of circles, and I really missed them. So shortly after we were married, I received a call from a local historical society asking me to play an hour of dinner music in a historic mansion. So woohoo! I was so excited because this was like my favorite kind of side gig. But the man said the budget was strictly set at $50. No wiggle room. I said no at first, but he pretty much begged me to do it. And he promised to bring me back twice a year in the future after a higher budget was established. If I would just do this one gig this one time for $50. Well, Despite being programmed through my earlier years to never accept a lowball offer, <laughs> common sense prevailed. After all, I was a newlywed, my studio was still pretty small because I was working really hard to build it at the time, we were not in a position where I should turn down any money, so I had the time, thanks to my trusty binder, the music needed no preparation, and I loved the gig. So fine, I agreed. And you know what? He kept his word, and agreeing to that $150 offer led me to several future invitations with more appropriate compensation. Now, hear me, this is not me advocating that you take jobs simply for, like, exposure. <laughs> I hope you know that exposure doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> but in this particular case, I needed money, I had time, and I liked the gig, so it was an all-win situation. Had I stuck to my original guns and refused to do it for less? Well, I don't know. Nothing would probably be drastically different in my life, but I would have cost myself, in the end, a decent chunk of money. Um, and, by the way, missed out on a kind of performance that I really enjoy. As we prepare to wrap up for today... I want to encourage you to stop spinning your brain in circles around dollar amounts. Yes, you could take a busy high school student on at 9 o'clock p.m. on Tuesday nights. I've been there, done that. Granted, it was before I had kids of my own. <laughs> if you're going to be able to approach that lesson with excitement, then do it. If you're going to dread it every week and feel like you're doing it just because you need a little extra money... Well, 
don't do it. It's not worth it. Some of you know that I have a student who comes to my house for an hour at 6.30 a.m. every week. We're heading into year two of this arrangement, and it actually works great. He's a terrific student, I'm a morning person, and meeting before school is just a different kind of energy that I really enjoy. But he also pays a premium tuition price. It is enough of an inconvenience to my family that I needed to make my compensation high enough to justify the situation. And yeah, if there's ever a morning where my attitude is dragging a little bit, knowing that I am being fairly compensated for this time goes a long way to helping me feel better. (laughs) So what's it going to take for you to approach your lessons with excitement this year, my friends? This is the question. And while you ponder that, (laughs) I'm going to send you off with a toast. Music teacher, friends of the world, I just want to say this. All of our time is precious. Regardless of children or loved ones or passions or privilege or whatever the case, If you want the most out of studio teacher or musician life, you must learn to carefully weigh what your time is worth. Ask yourself consistently, am I being compensated enough to approach this job with excitement rather than resentment? If the answer is no, something has got to change or you're going to find yourself drowning in negativity. Consider this episode your life preserver. (laughs) Cheers to figuring out what your time is worth, my talented friends. Here, here. Thanks again for listening to episode 87. This is your reminder, again, that... Even though talking about money can be uncomfortable and make some of you feel slimy, studio teaching is your job. (laughs) As in, it is a service you provide in exchange for actual dollars. (laughs) Money might not be the only point of what we do, but it is one of the points. So I'm hoping that this helps you consider it outside the veil of shame you might have once felt. Do me a favor and have a great week, okay friends? As always, come find me on socials or email me at beyondmeasurepodcast at gmail.com. I am dropping some links to previous episodes mentioned today in the show notes and be sure to check those out, okay? Thank you again, friends, onward and upward toward more excitement and less resentment about what we do.